So are we putting an asterisk next to this Nadi? Is Jim Harbaugh staying in Michigan or where is he going? And what is the top coaching spot in the NFL this offseason? Let's get into it. We gotta start off with takeaways from week 18. So let's get into it. Steelers take down the Ravens but won't have TJ Watt for the wildcard weekend. The Texans go from worst team in the league to winning the division in less than a year by the end of the weekend. Bengals played rivalry hard against the Browns as it's payday for Mixon and Browning. Lions and Sam Laporta break the most receiving yards by a rookie tight end but then leave the game with an injury. Titans send Derrick Henry off in style with 150 yards on the ground knocking off the Jags out of the playoffs as well. But they also say bad to make Vrabel, so I don't know how good that week 18 was. The Jets finally break the curse as of 0-15 record against the Patriots, as they might have just beat Bill for the last in his last game. And Arthur Smith flips out at Dennis Allen, even though Jameis said it was a team decision. Then later the team fires Arthur, so not a great day for him. Then in Tampa, they win the South the South way, only kicking field goals, but after all, a win is a win. Stick with playoff-bound teams. The Packers are heading to the dance as they knock off Justin Fields figuratively and physically. The Raiders continue to push for, for Antonio Pierce to be the next head coach as they beat the Broncos. The Eagles keep falling apart as the Giants win in New York and spoil any hopes of a division win. Talk about who won the division. Dallas doesn't want to wear any caps. They want something else. Seahawks finish off their season with a win at the end at against Arizona, and somehow once again the Chiefs look soft at SoFi as they take down they take it down to Harrison Butker's winning field goal. Starters are unheard of in Santa Clara, and no problem for the Rams as they still stick it out and head to Detroit on Sunday. And oh yes, from six and six to the second seed in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills are going to the playoffs. That is it for Monday Takeaway. Let's move on to the biggest winners and biggest losers from Week 18 and just Sunday in general, this past weekend football in sports. My biggest winner, Jim Harbaugh, he's done it. He's won the natty. He's done everything he could for Michigan. Let's talk about my second winner, Michigan. 27 years, I think it is, since you won a natty. Hmm, about time. Asterisk, let's just keep it as there are winners. We're going to move on to the old asterisk thing later in the show but later in time when we see what the NCAA does but again they don't have any control over that uh also another biggest winner is the Buffalo Bills the Buffalo Bills went from six and six to uncounted nobody cared about them to the number two seed and hosting a playoff game hosting multiple playoff games maybe I'm predicting that because you know Pittsburgh is not that great anymore especially though with TJ so those are my winners now my biggest losers the Philadelphia Eagles from 10 and 1 to losing almost all your games at the end of the season. Losing to Arizona, losing to the Giants. I'm telling you, I could ride with the Eagles. I could keep riding with them. But they're just losing the game they should be winning. And they're going into Tampa. And you know what? Baker Mayfield can light up a scoreboard, especially against this Philadelphia team. Like, it's not that good. So, what's in store for Monday? Well, anybody's guess. It's my guess. Another loser, Arthur Smith. I think it's just a bad day for you on Sunday. You, you lost to the Saints in a game that you should have won. The score should have been the opposite. You guys should have been up 4-5. and five. 
to whatever you lost by. Because you know what? You had the offensive team. You were the team that was supposed to have this high-flying offense with all those weapons and this great offensive line. And Desmond Ritter with what we all thought was like a maybe, maybe great, maybe future Atlanta quarterback. No, you, this is just not, that was not your weekend. And you just freaked out and you just put the chair on top to your firing. My uh, my last loser, Miami Dolphins, you just guys lost to Buffalo. Like, how did you do this? We thought this was, like, impossible for them to win the division. And they somehow won the division. Not because they, like, some, like, you lost, they win, and they make it in. No, you beat, you lost to them. You lost the Buffalo Bills. Twice this season, you guys are just not that team. I'm telling you. Kansas City, you might have a shot against Kansas City, but I think the gods are pretty much in favor of Kansas City. So, Miami... You're just the biggest losers. One of the biggest losers, I'm going to say. To talk about the open coaches' spots. Okay, so let's start it off with the firings. So Brandon Staley leaves the Chargers. I think it's straight up that he was a defensive guy and he couldn't even make his team, his defense, a top 15 defense. So bye-bye. The Falcons, again, Arthur Smith with all those offensive weapons, offensive coach, couldn't get it together. The Raiders, Josh McDaniels just wasn't it. He's not a head coach. I think we all agree to that now. He just obviously did not show him his greatest talents. And the Raiders just went from Derek Carr. They thought that was going to work into Devontae Adams. That didn't work, according to them. They go to Jimmy G. Jimmy G barely played this season. O'Connell, all the other guys. The Titans let go of Rabel. I think that was one of the, one of the worst firings. Well, worst firing. Is about to happen. Carolina Panthers get rid of Frank Wright, and really, it's not even a firing. It's just like his contract is up because he barely even got to finish his contract. They just like, you know, when you have a three month grace period. Yeah, his, that was his three month grace period. So there was that. And then to finish it up, Ron Rivera. I think just they wanted new blood, new ownership, new everything. So now let's rank them top to best, best to worst, worst to top. We're starting off Carolina. Carolina is the worst head coaching spot ever. David Tepper, all that situation. I don't want to deal with that. I don't think anybody else wants to deal with that. So whoever's going to be there is either bottom of the coaching search or just thinks like he's crazy because he just thinks that he could get that team going. Because David Tepper, I don't think it's going to work. The Titans. I love my Grable, but I don't think that team is very well set up. They're losing Derrick Henry. They don't have a great wide receiver. Quarterbacks in question, Will Levis maybe, but very reckless. Defense has got some spots, but, you know, it's just not a great team. And the South is getting even stronger with Jaguars, even though they had a lot of season. Texans, Indianapolis with Richardson, and Titans going to be a hard division to win. Then you got the Raiders. Again, you got the division. You got uncertainty at quarterback. You got some pieces, but it's not a great situation. The Falcons, I think the offense is great. Offensive line is great. Defense, they've got some spots they can work with. It's just really, can they get the quarterback right and they need a head coach offensive side of the ball? Number two, the commanders, they got so much money. They got they got Sam Howell, not the greatest quarterback, but he can be serviceable for a season, and they got a two-pick. So Jake May, somebody like that, possibility. And they got some wide receivers, some running backs. They got to fix that old line a bit, and defensive got some pieces, but, you know, Jack is there. And money, you got money. And then the number one spot, because the quarterback position is solidified, this left tackle solidified, you got Chargers and Nick Bosa. I mean, Joey Bosa. It's a great position to be in Los Angeles. I know they got some cap issues, but it can be worked through. Um, I think the biggest domino that has to fall before any of these coaching spots will be filled, he'll be, this will be the first coaching, this will be the first 
person that's getting grabbed is Jim Harbaugh. Once his domino fall, everybody else will fall. I will get into what this means as I get to the Michigan part, but that's what I got to say. Antonio Priest is another thing that everybody thinks that he's going to go back to the Raiders. Honestly, I think it's a great... This is the same spot the Raiders were in with Fasaccio. That area, well, the team wanted him, but they just went with McDaniels. If the Raiders want to win, I don't think Antonio Pierce is ready. I don't think that's a crazy take. I think he's a great coach. I think he can be a head coach one day in the league. I just think he needs some more time being a coordinator and getting some experience there and then eventually making his way to head coach. A few years from now, he'll be a head coach one day. I guarantee it. But I just think he won't be ready. And by him going into the situation, Raiders team, Raiders organization is not patient. They'll turn on you in an instant. So go get some coaching experience as a coordinator. I think it was the Giants and oh, I don't know what the other position, the other team was. I was looking at him for a high uh, candidate for a coordinator, defensive coordinator. But I know the Giants was one of them. I don't know the other team. But yeah, that's something to watch out for. I think if he gets it, great. But I don't know if it'll go so well, especially in the division that they're in there. Jim goes to the Chargers, if Andy Reid, Sean Payton gets turned it around with Russ, maybe someone else. It won't be a great situation. You'll finish fourth again. Uh, that's going to be it for the coach, for the grading. Let's switch it over to college football because I'll get back to Jim Harbaugh in a second. But the Natty happened yesterday, and congrats to Michigan. They were the better team. As much as we thought that Washington and Michael Panix and the three receivers and the running back could do something, we had to remember Washington was fighting out of the weight class. They were fighting above, and they just got knocked out. Michigan was bigger, better, and stronger. That's it. They didn't play better. Okay, they did play better in the sense that defense was just better, but they were just better. They didn't really play much better. J.J. Dillon threw for less than 200 yards. The run game was the best thing that Michigan did all day, and they leaned on that. Kind of. They kind of went away from it, but they got their back to it eventually. Um, the thing that I think that we all thought was the shock, the biggest shock was that Michael Penix didn't have his game like we didn't expect him to do what he did against texas we thought him he could do some he could throw down fields he didn't get a chance to and that's not because michael Penix is bad i'm not taking anything away from michael Penix. it's because the michigan defense was so damn strong that was it they did everything they tackled well they defended well they they did get a couple holding calls i didn't go they didn't go washington's way but we're going to move on from that because you know the game's over they're not going to go back to that but i don't think anybody thought michael Penix would struggle this much against Michigan. I think we thought he might not have his best day, but he could still get the ball. He didn't get any balls off. No downfield, nothing. Everything was underneath with a flat screen. That's all they could do because Michigan was just so great down downfield when it came to pass coverage. So, and I'm not saying that that Michael Penix is bad at any sort of the means. You can't be great on every game. You know, you may look at this this game and think, oh, he's not even a top one pick, top first round pick, but it's one game. Look at what he did the whole season. So I'm thinking he's probably injured after seeing the amount of pain he was in. Did he drop his drop stock? I don't think so. I think that nobody put him as top five. I think everybody jumped on the whole like, top five pick because of Texas's game. But remember, Texas just didn't have the back to go up against their offense. So... The fact is that Michael Penix is probably a late first rounder, early second rounder. That's you as a quarterback. That is not really what the NFL is looking for right now. We are looking for, they're looking for mobile quarterbacks that can throw the ball downfield. And Michael Penix can throw the ball, but he doesn't really use his legs like Mahomes or Josh or 
Herbert or people like that. So that will drop him and his injuries don't help any of the fact. And whatever happens when we get an injury report, um, from what happened, I think his ribs are gone. So that will hurt him. But you know what? Michael Penix is still a good quarterback. He's still going to do something great. I mean, I thought it might not be starting quarterback right away, but it might. It only takes an injury and you're in that spot and you can take that job over once and for all. So, but like we said, remember, it was a long season. They thought Heisman, and because of this little stretch, he still went 14 0 through a season against Texas, against Oregon twice, and went up against Michigan and tried to give it his best punch, but just overmatched. So, he was the underdog every time and he came up as a winner. And you just ran into the big bad wolf at the end of the day. So, to anyone that says Michael Penix's job stock is depleted, I doubt, I disagree. I think that Washington was just overmatched, and that's okay. You can't be a favorite every time, and you can't be the underdog and come out victorious every game. That's just not. It's nice in a storybook world, but we live in reality, and in reality, bigger in the Peaky Blinders reference, big, small. That's it. So I think that this game was not we I honestly thought that Michigan was letting Washington hang around but then we had to look at the game like Washington was a close in the score like they it was close they were 10 points away 7 points away but they weren't coming back in this game it was just I was honestly waiting for Washington to score because Michigan was just like a ticking time bomb and once they once they explode they're gonna explode and it was the run game and it eventually did explode so that was the thing with washington we all with i at least i thought that washington if they could score a touchdown it'll be close but it wasn't close it was just that michigan played their way of football and let it come down close 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 and then just blew them out at the end so it's just a michigan big 10 college football game at the end of the day and washington was just overmatched but if washington take ending of this game most of the starters are going they're seniors they go into the draft Mm, this is what Big Ten football is going to be all about. So whoever your quarterback is going to be next year, Washington, you got to learn how to play with Michigan. you got to learn how to play with Big Ten football. And Big Ten football is run it down, no passing, no air raid. This is not Pac-12 anymore. This is the big boy table. Welcome to the show. So let's talk about Jim Hardbaugh as the national championship. Three, three big wins for that family. Jim won a natty. Jack won a natty. And John won a Super Bowl. And John can win another Super Bowl, potentially, with the way that Baltimore is playing this season. So it could be a horrible year for every, for that family right now. As for what's next for him, John, Jim did everything he could for Michigan. I saw that Indiana played Michigan like years ago when Penix was at Indiana, and Michigan was ranked 20th. They're ranked 1 yesterday and today this this program went away from what it made what made michigan great they were not a running team they were not their blue-blooded team when jim got there and he brought them back they he went he recruited the he recruited the he recruited through the line he recruited through the run game he recruited through the defense and now michigan's michigan again three back-to-back big 10 champions beat ohio state beat alabama beat Washington, won the natty. Jim has done everything he can for Michigan. And now it's time to go on to bigger and better things. There's nothing better to say than 
go out of the championship. You can't do much else. It's not going to get much better than this because you know what? This Michigan team is losing like half their defense. They might lose JJ. They're losing Blake. They're losing some of their old linemen. This is not the time to stay. It's not like it's Georgia from a couple of years ago when they went back to back because that first team that was great, they had another great team. It's not that. Team. It's not like that. Michigan is going to be very depleted, and they're going to have a lot of kids that are coming up. So let's get away. Let's go to the NFL. Let's take these Michigan kids that are going to get in the draft, and you know what? You can cap them back as a pro. So I don't see him sticking. I see him doing what he did and how Pete Carroll did. He cut. He cut loose before the team before the NCAA league came and brought down the hammer. So instead. He'll have his pick of the litter, like I said. He'll, he'll be the first domino that falls in the sense of which coaching spot. My top three spots are, we'll start from first to work. For first to my dark horse, Chargers because of Justin Herbert and a good a good uh, left tackle, and he has some picks that he can turn down. He has a fifth pick that he can drop down to get a few more picks because you know what? Salary cap's going to be an issue. Khalil Mack probably won't be there. So they're going to have to retool that defense. The Raiders, because of legacy, because Jim was there one time and all that kind of stuff, and he's very into that whole like historical thing, so he gets possibility. But my dark horse, and not even really my dark horse, it's um, Colin's dark, Colin Coward's dark horse, because he said that Washington is an interesting spot because John is at Baltimore, across the river, that kind of stuff. The family stays close because you know after all, I didn't really learn, I didn't really notice this, but. The closeness that the Harbaugh's have with Jack and his mom and John, they're really close. So Washington is a good spot. And also, apparently, I was very young when that Super Bowl happened between Baltimore and San Francisco when the Harbaugh's were at each other. But Jim didn't like playing against his brother because he considers everybody an enemy. And it's hard for you to consider your brother an enemy. So if he doesn't want to play his brother, the Chargers are not going to be a great spot to go. And neither will the Raiders because AFC. So if you're going to go anywhere, go to the NFC where you're going to see your brother once and it will be at the dance the final game the big game so also when you look at the afc it's a really hard joe mahomes allen herbert trevor richardson if you can turn up cj's coming up on the ranks it's not that easy to win in the afc let's go to the nfc where who's the best quarterback jalen who they don't have any Rudy. Brock is relying on the Brock is relying on the 49ers. Stafford's not going to be that great for much longer. It's open season in the NFC. So Caleb goes to Chicago, let's say, and you take Drake May or somebody else, you're going to have the two best quarterbacks potentially on the rise. It's an easier division. And you look at Washington, Dallas is so uncertain because they don't know if they're going to keep McCarthy. Dayball can't get Daniel Jones to be well. Like they're not gonna hang on to Daniel Jones. Philly might not even have Sirianni yet in two years if Jalen doesn't pan out and they don't win another, like go to another division, have another strong season. So the Commanders have cap space. They have a quarterback that's just, that's good for now, Sam Howe. They have money. They have a draft pick. They have so many options. I think Jim and Washington, career-wise, makes a lot of sense, but family-wise also makes a a lot of sense as well so that's what i think for jim harbaugh but honestly whatever he does if he wants to go back to michigan go back to michigan you can go and win another 
Big Ten and go and shoot, see what happens in this bigger uh, playoff matchup. But you know what? Don't deal with that. You've done everything you can. You brought this team back to its glory days. Time to move on. But you do your, you do your Jim Harbaugh. Again, congrats, man. To finish it off with what's trending in sports, Mike Bravel is parting ways with the Titans. They had the head coach is spot is open and it's going to be a crowded search. Mike will be a big candidate for the market, according to reports. Patriots may bring him in if Belichick doesn't stay. Broncos leadership says Russell Wilson has a chance to be back next season after the final game in Week 18. Peyton and George said no decision has been made on Russell Wilson's future. And John Moran is done for the season as he is headed for shoulder surgery. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe somewhere above. And I will see you guys in the next one.